Hey, audio listener, you are a miracle because more and more people are watching this on video. But you like the audio medium. I get it. Uh, If you feel like some of these sketches or bits don't work that you're listening to, often they're accompanied by something visual. But I want to let you know that this show is, of course, Daily Lotter with Credit.com slash MugClub is where you subscribe $69 annually if you're a student, veteran, or military. And uh, this is the last week where for every Mug Club sold, $30 will go directly to the Houston Food Bank to help those uh, with hurricane relief. I know a lot of people have moved on. We haven't. This is the last week we'll be doing that, as well as preparewithcrowder.com. You can order your food kit for $99 shipped to your door free, a 30-day emergency food supply for everyone sold. They're going to supply a week's worth of food to those uh, in Houston and and the surrounding areas. You know, this is what we can do. This is the platform we have, and uh, we're very appreciative to all all those of you who've helped uh, support people in this country in need. If you're going to put America first, well, start by putting these people first. Lotterwithcrowder.com slash mug club. Enjoy the show. Hey, guys. Glad to see you there. Before we start the show, uh, we really do live reads before the show. We started this last week. Lotterwithcrowder.com slash mug club for these entire two weeks. Uh, $30 for every sign up is go- still going to Harvey Relief. I know a lot of people have moved on down the trail. The news has changed, but we haven't. All signups through this week, lotterwithcutter.com slash mug club. We will give $30 uh, for Harvey Relief, specifically to the Houston Food Bank. Mm-hmm. And then uh, one of our sponsors, they decided to, to pitch in, preparewithcrowder.com. Uh, we've talked about this for a long time, $99 food kit, emergency food kit shipped free. We're not talking about, it doesn't need to be some crazy nuclear holocaust. Skynet doesn't need to come for you. It's just like we talk about right now, floods, could. Uh, ice ice, uh, ice uh, storms that we had in Montreal, earthquakes. Mm-hmm. Pays to be prepared. And in this, this instance, $99 shipped to your door, free 30-day food supply. They will send a week's worth of food mm. to those in need in Houston. So lotofcutter.com slash club. That's $30 every membership. We'll get you the numbers on all of this. Once it's all tallied up, could be next week or the week after. And preparewithcrowder.com. If you were wondering, you were on the fence, right now is uh, a good time to do it because it goes to a really great cause. And and uh, on with the show, here's the lead. So, Not Gay Jared thinks that we're taping an It parody uh, with the Bernie Sanders character because he he brought that up at the pitch meeting, he was really proud of it. I should say, to begin with, Jared is deathly afraid of clowns. So he thinks we're shooting the It parody, what he doesn't know is that when he shows up to shoot, uh, instead, the studio lights will not work and he will come face to face with his worst fear. Thursday. Okay, so text me when Jared gets here. Shit, we can't do it because of this. from one to ten, how scared were you? I fucking hate clowns.
called the hashtag Stop Betsy. <laughs> because, hey, I think that uh, men who've never committed a crime in their life uh, deserve due process. Nope! Stop nope. Betsy, Title IX. Now, by the way, I don't know if you know this hashtag all day, all day. Apparently, uh, on campus, just say the word rape. Say, just the first, uh, uh, and the man's life should be ruined for life. Uh, Self-loathing broad. Producing with me in video studio, as always, is Jared, who is not gay. Follow him on Twitter at NotGayJared, me at S. Crider. With your thoughts, your comments, your photoshops, uh, I fulfill my legal obligations during conclusions. Are we good? Good enough. <laughs> Gerald is here at G. Morgan Jr. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. What's the wine of the day? Well. We have cake bread chardonnay because they didn't have enough white Hashtag wine. stop Gerald's gay tendencies. So listen, uh, uh, we have uh, Nigel Farage on the yes, show today. Yeah. Really excited, Nigel him. Farage. And then we have uh, we have Andrew uh, Torba. Is it mm -hmm. Torba? Torba. Yeah, Andrew Torba. Torba from Gab. We were going to have Jordan Peterson on. He is very sick, so uh, our Protect thoughts are with, uh, yeah. with Jordan Peterson. Um, the guy just did not sound well. No. No. And here's what we really appreciate is he called and he was profusely apologetic. Yeah. He's always on time, sometimes Pro. on time when he's not supposed to be on time. Um, and uh, <laughs> we're very, very grateful. We'll have him on, I think, next week. Next so, week sounds good. Uh, but we will have Nigel Farage on. I'm looking forward to that. Oh, going to be good. going to be a good time. He's a man. Nigel he Farage. Is. I'm a fan. Can you believe the Betsy DeVos thing? It's one of those deals where, you know, I, I wasn't a huge uh. fan of Betsy DeVos. I didn't no. think she was the most qualified for the job, but now that people are so, and the left doesn't understand, like right now, you, you comment below. I, I, I want to hear what you think about this. This noted feminist on Twitter, you can tell me what her name was. I can't, I can't find the tweet right now. It said, women who have been victims of sexual assault deserve to be heard. That's it. It's like, well, we can play that game. How about men deserve <laughs> due process? No! Exactly. <laughs> I don't understand. You can't just say that I did something and then I'm painted with it for the rest of my life. Come Iron on. Ironically, all these SJW hipsters on the left are creating a lot of SJW, or not SJW hipsters on the right because they, they say, Betsy DeVos should be hung from the gallows. And you're like, no, actually. I, I, I didn't like her, but now now I have yeah. to like her. <laughs> Betsy DeVos 2020. We'll get, we'll get to the story. Wait, this isn't at all in, in our plans for the show tonight. No. But can you imagine Can you imagine being that, like Mattress Girl, obviously lacrosse yeah. team, uh, UVA. Gosh. Can you imagine being that guy with Mattress Girl. <laughs> yeah. That guy, he never raped her, by the way. Okay, this is this was actually a turning point on the show where we're all Christian conservatives, but it's like, oh, we don't wanna we don't wanna offend people. She was she was requesting anal sex via text, going all crazy fatal pet. attraction, yeah. boiled pet rabbit on the guy, and when he decided to not engage, she basically decided to accuse him of rape. Can you imagine being that guy, being suspended, not allowed to go to your graduation, and then some some <laughs> harlot walks in, and you're like, hey, there's a broad there with a mattress on her back. Oh, that's the girl who was requesting sodomy from me. <laughs> oh, she's on television. B-Y-O-R, Razor. Oh, my life is ruined. Anyway. Uh, hashtag Stop Betsy. Stop Betsy. We'll talk about more. In the news right now, Dennis Rodman. <laughs> Again. Now publicly claiming that, to stop. <laughs> quote, Trump should just let, let him handle Kim Jong-un. This is actually what he requested. Oh, boy. So Kim Jong-un, for people who don't know, Kim Jong-un and Dennis Rodman, have, they've actually become really close in recent years. Yeah. Uh, with some saying that the former NBA star has actually filled the void in the wake, there's speculation, we don't know for sure, but it's filled the void in the, 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 void in the wake of uh, Kim Jong's father's passing. Yeah, yeah. Sad, sad. So really, he's just another rebound. <laughs> <laughs> what Dennis. Is what does Kim Jong have to gain out of this relationship? I've always wondered. Is, does he need a hood pass? Is PC culture a real thing in North Korea? I don't really he's think being he called needs a, a racist hood pass. And he's he not to, he and kills anyone who implies that he does. What does Dennis yeah. Rodman have to gain out of it? Do you think he's sitting around with his buddies and like, you know what? You know what would be really cool? I'm a black friend. You know what'd be really cool? Don't you think it'd be cool if someone could have, if you could have been like BFFs with Fidel Castro during the Cuban Missile Crisis? Wouldn't that be, that'd be cool, right? Now it's his chance. 
You sure you I, want? I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't. I don't. I'm not necessarily entirely sure I follow you, but we have to get to Nigel. So let's just keep going through this. <laughs> Five nurses in Denver. Denver. Denver Medical Denver. Center have been suspended for ogling a deceased patient's genitals Ogling's and then gossiping about them. That's how they were caught. Ogling, Ogling. a deceased patient's genitals <laughs> and gossiping about how impressive they were. Come on. That's just because of the fluid retention, said every male nurse at the Denver Medical Center. <laughs> Everyone knows it doubles when you're di That's not indicative. It's not, not real. real. It's not a fair comparison. Can't replicate that. In an unfortunate turn of events, uh, actually, Denver Medical Center's chief thoracic surgeon, Jim, fondly known as Dick Little Wallace, committed suicide earlier today. <laughs> so... <laughs> These guys are legends. Could you imagine if you only knew you were going to be just a living legend after your yeah. death? Oh, my gosh. For your penis? Well, yeah, think, think I'd be tying it like into a, balloon animals and well, stuff. Yeah, unless you're like a porn actor, there's not a whole lot of people that are going to see it, most likely. So, hey, well, I guess guys, finally this is did. the way we want to go, all right? By the way, Gerald thinks it's Oogle. It is Oogle. No, it's Ogle. It's Ogle. It's Ogle. It's Ogle. It doesn't matter. Looks the this is one of those things where I get mad at No, I've heard Ogle. It's, yeah. Ogle, uh, maybe, but not Ogle. We have not. a bet. Let yeah, us know. That's right, because you search for words with goggle, dummy. Okay. <laughs> Trevor Noah explained today. This is in the Huffington Post. We Damn didn't you. want to actually show a clip because we've subjected to you enough on this show, but I do think we have just an overlay of the story from HuffPo. Trevor Noah explained today to Seth Meyers why Donald Trump is actually a stand-up comedian. Up next, Trevor Noah explains why Trevor Noah is a comedian. <laughs> I, and I, you know, I hate to say this because it's so, it is lazy when the left's just, no one on the right is funny. I think plenty of people on the left are funny. Sure. Yeah. I, I saw Jon Stewart stand up long before I ever watched his show. I saw him at the Just for Laughs when I was young as a kid. I got to hang out. I was very fortunate. I got to grow up around these amazing comedians. I actually think Stephen Colbert can be pretty funny. I think John Oliver can be very funny, even though I think he's wrong. Samantha Bee, not, not amongst them, sorry. But um, Trevor Noah hasn't, you've never been funny accidentally. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> name that Ruby reference. You can tweet me at S. Crowder. But I have noticed something with, with late night comedy here. And, and I just wanted to, to, to bring it up before we get to something else. Uh, let's let Seth Meyer see if you can spot it. We are living through a very dark time in America. But there is also an unprecedented opportunity to pull Democrats and liberals together in a stand against the hate and incompetence in Washington. The best way to do this is to get the people who voted for you and the people who voted for Bernie on the same page. This isn't the time to complain because Senator Woodstock didn't roll over for you. Hey, if anything, he helped make you a better candidate. You know, the candidate who beat Donald Trump by three million votes. Yeah. Let me ask you, did that look like a late night comedy show to no. you? <sighs> and I'm not just saying that because I understand that maybe I don't share the same sense of humor, but they go a very long amount of time for a comedy show without a single joke. None. I tried watching a bunch of late nights the other night just in a series. It was so hard to find, to actually find jokes yeah. anywhere in they, there. It's like they don't write them anymore. And by the way, no. listen, we're very open about our biases here on this show. We say, listen, this is our point of view, but I actually think that we prioritize comedy and entertainment on this show more than a lot of these late night shows. And they try to act as though they're just going after the comedy. That's what bothers me, is the lying about it. And it's, here's what's, I don't think we've ever really done this on this show. Um, Seth Meyers isn't, he's speaking directly to Hillary Clinton, advising <laughs> on how to mobilize yeah. <laughs> the Democratic base. That's, that's the problem. And it's not that these hosts just like just like happen to be liberals. Like he he's had Hillary Clinton on. She's yeah, she's right. been on Saturday Night Live. His show. It's all the same building. I've been there. 
I've been to 30 Rock. You have MSNBC on one floor. You have Saturday Night Live on another. You have uh, Seth Meyers on one floor. Fallon you have Jimmy another. Fallon. Yeah, it's, Hillary Clinton goes there often. She just turns the elevator into a Christmas tree, stops on every <laughs> floor with fruit baskets. <laughs> and he's telling her how to win an election. Like, yep. it's it's not, like, you, you, you used to just be able to separate the art from the artist, right? Yep. Like, Sean Penn, he's a dick. We get it. But he's still one of the greatest actors yeah, ever. He's good. You can do that. He's good. And yes. you're, you're, you're a pro comedian, right? So you have a different, I'm an average Joe, and that's not funny. I am his target market, and that's not funny at all. Yeah, I know, but you find children's programs funny. A lot of so it's not necessarily <laughs> fair. <laughs> but See, like, like, that so was a joke. The, 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 issue, the issue is, the issue is, I only have so many laughs per show. They mostly go to Not Gay Jared when he poops himself. By the way, he did. He did at the clown prank. For those who yes. are Not Gay Jared, he pushed a little loaf. Maybe a little. I pooped myself. <laughs> Just a little bit. It is mostly sweat in my pants. All right. But there's at least three. We do have female viewers. Look, we love you. It's okay. No. Just wipe. In I, fairness, in fairness, though, to it, a good push-up or pull-up will also do the trick, <laughs> just because of my condition. It's like a tube of toothpaste. <laughs> it is. Tube of toothpaste with no slack. Uh, He's already been rolled up. He has no colon. For people who are tuning in for the first time to this show, uh, I don't know why you would. Not gay Jared has no colon. Hashtag save Jared. We deserve to be demonetized. You can show it. You can show them when you have it. He looks like a, a stripper with a C-section scar. So Seth Meyers, um, really what really, he's a political <laughs> activist. Who's out there? He's using his. This is what's. It's not just that he's an artist. His only form of art right now is Seth Meyers, Trevor Noah, Samantha B. Is using a platform solely for political activism, and it's activism to people who are their buddies. You know, it's not Seth Meyers just saying, "Hey, gee, I wish this would happen on the left," or "Hey, you know what? I really would like to see this policy." He's literally using his camera to speak directly to politicians with whom he vacations in the Hamptons. Good thing no one's watching. Good thing no one. <laughs> good thing no one's watching. All right. Speaking of which, something else here that we wanted to get to um, before we bring on Nigel Farage. Yes. Um, let's let, let, let's let uh, let's go to the view here. Now we're going from nighttime to morning, and let's hear what Joy Behar has to say. See if you can catch it. I is think the media supposed to not report on the fact that 95% of what he says is a lie? Well, that's. <laughs> oh 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 oh. That, that is a, a that is you are doing exactly what we're talking about and pushing a false narrative. No, it's not. Ninety-five percent of what the president says Politifact. is not a lot. It's from Politifact. Well, it's from, from Politico. Politifact. No, it's not. <laughs> it's from Politico. Politifact. Politico. Freaking the same lie. thing, right? Politifact. I saw it on the Twitter. Politico. What else? That golf. All right, so uh, to see if this is true, if ninety-five percent of what Donald Trump says is patently false, That's a lot. Let's go to our on-the-field fact-check reporter. All right, on the field fact check reporter, is that correct? That 95% of what Donald Trump says is wrong? False. Okay. By, by a lot, Stephen. Thanks for expanding on it, we appreciate it. Can't afford the most seasoned reporters. So- No, worth every penny though. She brings up PolitiFact, right? So polit we'll, we'll focus today on PolitiFact and Snopes, both of them. Kind of like what we did last week with, uh, with the Southern Poverty Law Center. Mm -hmm. uh, for those who missed it, go watch the full show last week. Now, why PolitiFact and Snopes? Because Joy Bayer just said, eh, PolitiFact, PolitiFact. Like, they just say it. <laughs> anyway, well, she said PolitiFact. Must be true. She said PolitiFact. Fact. fact is in the name. There you go. <laughs> why would they lie? Why would, a, why would a woman ever lie about rape? <laughs> why would they lie? <laughs> why would they lie? One of the first logical fallacies. Like, why? Okay, you want me to run down the list? I mean, I can think of at least a dozen off the top of my head. Now, we'll focus on PolitiFact and Snopes because um, just like Southern Poverty Law Center, YouTube uses for defining hate, uh, hate speech, Facebook and Google, 
use PolitiFact and Snopes to determine Don't what is fake news, what is real. <laughs> so uh, I think actually we can bring this up. Uh, I don't think Gerald has seen this yet. This is what no. Joy Behar was referencing. So it's just a sort of this uh, totality of all of their fact checking Donald Trump, <laughs> right. where she's taking that and they're okay. Ninety five percent of what Donald Trump says is false. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So uh, here are a few problems with that. Uh, you're going to see me looking down at my screen because it's hard for me to remember all of this. But for example, <laughs> the, and there, you know, you've heard there are lies, damn lies, and statistics. Well, statistics, obviously, if you look at them, if you understand how to read them, can be very important. They're mm -hmm. pivotal. Yeah. But they're very easy to manipulate, especially when you just create an umbrella, PolitiFact, and most people are going there to just see the green sticker of true or false or mostly true or mostly false. And they proactively, and Your Honor, I will lay out the case, you decide, <laughs> they proactively manipulate their fact checking. Let me show you some examples. Uh, Donald Trump made the following three claims that PolitiFact rated untrue, okay? Mm -hmm. Claiming he did not support the Iraq war. They did six checks on that. Claims uh, about President Obama's birth certificate. Listen, it turned out he was wrong. I'll give him that. They fact-checked that eight times. Claims of large-scale voter fraud. By the way, he's not necessarily wrong about that. Five checks, okay? So for three claims, those are three claims, PolitiFact checked 19 times. 19 untrue. That's more than three. It's how it registers. <laughs> it's like a violation of double jeopardy. Yes. 19 times. I don't remember him being wrong 19 times. I have it right here, Mrs. Bueller. 19 times. <laughs> All right, contrast that, okay? Hillary Clinton, some notable Hillary Clinton claims uh, as rated by PolitiFact. She claimed that she landed in Bosnia under sniper fire. <laughs> that was kind of a big one. <laughs> Oops. One fact check. She claimed she was in New York City on 9-11. That was never checked. That was never checked, never fact checked. She claimed she, uh, the FBI was fine with her email use, one check. So for three claims they rated untrue, PolitiFact rated Donald Trump 19 times versus two checks for Hillary Clinton, the same number of claims. Can you see how that start, might start manipulating some numbers? So let's get back to Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton because that's what she's mainly using here. Uh, some conflicts of interest, right off the bat, PolitiFact is a project funded by the Tampa Bay Times, repeatedly has endorsed Hillary Clinton. Snopes, they hire exclusively liberal employees. Uh, I mean, you can see it from their tweets, it's, they've all, nearly all actually officially endorsed Hillary yep. Clinton. Yeah. Okay. They've also been inaccurate many times outside <laughs> of the election. One of Gee. my favorites. Pol I love this. PolitiFact rated, well, don't laugh at this because it's horrible. It's horrible. But it also is kind of funny. PolitiFact rated John Kerry's statement. I, if you don't remember this, they rated John Kerry's statement that we got 100% of the chemical weapons out of Syria. They rated it mostly true. Now, in their defense, they didn't say entirely, they said mostly true. But do you know how we know that it wasn't mo at all true? When Syria killed civilians in chemical attacks earlier this year. Yeah, they're mostly dead. That's awkward. Kind of a biggie. <laughs> kind of a biggie. Whoops. <laughs> and they never get called on this. John Kerry, just like, these people never get called on their bull crap. John Kerry lying to Joe Biden with Amy's Diner, like, like blatantly false. I get it. Donald Trump is not always accurate. Sometimes he flat out makes stuff up. The difference is they call him on it 19 times. Joe Biden makes up a place that's been closed for 30 years. He, nothing. John Kerry <laughs> lies about his military. Nothing. It's unbelievable. <laughs> and it's like you can just keep saying this stuff and saying it over and over again. By the way, I don't know if you looked at the chart. She was even wrong on her own chart. Mostly true. There was a percentage that was actually mostly true. That wasn't categorized as false. Only 5% right. was labeled true, mostly true, somewhat true. Come on. She's even messing with the data. And facts can't be can't, facts can't be biased by um, by definition, but when it comes to what they choose to omit, what they choose to include can definitely be biased. Yeah, when it comes context to these. matters. Right. The people the, the people who are 
combining the facts, creating the totality, creating a picture, it's very easy to manipulate people. That's why we always say, listen, don't, we list our references on screen, sources, go ahead. Do, do your research. All right, so let's take that. They've been inaccurate. Chemical weapons, Syria, kind of a big one. Let's take this back to Trump and Clinton. Okay, so Trump claimed that the national debt decreased by $12 billion in his first month, okay? Um, are you following along, it's a big number. Gerald? Yeah. You've been like Very quiet. Nice. I don't know if you have a frog in your throat or something. I do, yeah, it's out now. You've been We're making good. out with Jordan Peterson? You <laughs> sick? <laughs> Way to start another rumor. All right, so uh, PolitiFact confirmed that the statement was true, but they rated it as mostly false. Now, follow me here because they didn't think Trump deserved to take the credit for that number. That's incredible. PolitiFact rated Clinton's statement, in contrast, about 17 intelligence agencies concluding Russia was behind the cyber attacks during the election as true, not even mostly true, in contrast with John Kerry's, <laughs> <laughs> my word is my bond, mostly true. Hillary Clinton said flat out true, we're not even gonna question it, that Russia was behind the cyber attacks, they rated it true. But they go on in that very article to say that the 17 separate agencies did not independently declare Russia the perpetrator behind the attacks, uh, behind the hacks. So if you look and you just see true, you don't read the fine print. And then there was a lot of backlash. Some would say, I'm confused. Some would say, <laughs> some would say rightfully so. Kind of a story. They issued this statement from PolitiFact. PolitiFact. It's fact. From PolitiFact. It's fact. It's fact. I, I saw it on Snopes and Reuters. Reuters. <laughs> Reuters. <laughs> They issued this. It said 17 intelligence organizations or four? Question mark. Either way, Russia conclusion still valid. <laughs> That's convenient. <laughs> A beacon of truth if I've ever seen it. <laughs> By the way, since that statement, seems like they're wrong about that also. Also. <laughs> when it comes to Russia. <laughs> Waiting for that amendment. So the, the point here, if, if people haven't added this up, is that PolitiFact is they're not fact checking. They are, uh, they're actually fulfilling the definition of editorialization. So in Trump's case, they thought that he shouldn't take credit for the numbers, which has nothing to do with the claim. Your, 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 your site's design, the system's design is supposed to be uh, being able to determine whether the statement itself was true or false. Mm -hmm. Very but, simple. They didn't like him taking credit, so they said false. Now, in Hillary Clinton's case, they rated it as true because even though they knew that the claim was false, they felt that the connection to Russia, which was not valid, was still valid. <laughs> so this is what's important for people to know because again, when, when Google, when Facebook, when YouTube, when they're using PolitiFact and Snopes to determine fake news and the Southern Poverty Law Center to determine hate speech, and really if you're any kind, Ben Carson is a hate speaker, it's important because these actually serve as foundational institutions in our country that people assume have our best interest at heart, that people assume are being truthful. So when people use the term fake news, and I know it's been diluted, it, 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 it's lost a lot of meaning, this is what we're talking about. A place called PolitiFact blatantly manipulating data, claims, and statistics to try and suit an agenda. So let's go back to see if we've gotten this right with our on the field fact check reporter. On the field fact check reporter, uh, would you say that we are mostly correct in our statements regarding PolitiFact or Snopes? I just died a little on the inside, Stephen. Well, I, uh, <laughs> it almost seems as though we should Use that retainer for another hire. He's a man of few words. Yeah, he's a man of few words. He's a man of little value, one could almost argue. We have Nigel Farage coming up after the break. Let's get to that. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. Home Body Break with Steven Crowder and Not Gay Jared. Learning basic automobile maintenance is a very rewarding skill to enjoy on those late summer afternoons. 
and a great way to save yourself some money. I'm a community college student. Today, we'll be learning how to change your oil. Now that you have the appropriate attire, it's time to step one, ensure that you have the proper oil and oil filter. Step two, use a hefty jack to lift your vehicle a few extra inches off the ground. Step three, be sure to chalk your wheels as safety is paramount. If you don't have a professional wheel chalk, any brick or rock will do. We use yoga blocks. Then it's as simple as draining your old oil into a pan, swapping out the filter, and replacing it with plenty of 10W40. Once you're finished, crack open a cold one and reward yourself for the fact that you've learned a new skill and saved yourself some money. No! 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 Home Body Break with Steven Crowder and Not Gay Jerry, sponsored by Mug Club. I am so glad to have this next guest. Before I bring him on, I need to provide context for some people out there who may not appreciate him. Uh, he has a lot of nicknames. Uh, he does. The guy is, is one of the most iconic, pro probably men of this century politically, and that's why I'm so fascinated. I don't know if people realize it yet. He is the wizard of, of wit. He's the, he's the king of quick comebacks. We know him as the English gangster affectionately he here in the show. Absolutely. But you know what? Show people. They can see for themselves. You know, false comparison. I don't think you can compare these 800,000 youngsters brought here without any knowledge of their own who are still here. I don't think you can compare them to the migrants who flooded into Europe in 2015. That's, that's a false comparison. I think... Too harsh. No, it's not. It's not a false comparison because what happens is uh, we're told we have to be compassionate in order, in one case in Europe, to be weak and allow terrorists to come in, and in the case of America, to ride roughshod through sensible immigration rules. Today was a oh! Oh! If you haven't guessed... Nigel Farage at Nigel underscore Farage. Mr. Farage, thank you so much for being here. You are a white whale. We've wanted you forever. <laughs> thank you, guys. It's a pleasure to be here. A, a couple of things. I want to, you know, I'm, I'm fanzying out here. Um, one thing that you've shown, I think in America we talk a lot about civility in politics, and that's confused with agreeableness. Um, you are not shy at all in voicing your disagreements, sometimes with brilliant insults, by the way, but you're still friends with a lot of these folks. You still are civil. Why, why do you think that's uh, something you're able to do in Europe and, and we can't get right in the States? Yeah, I think that uh, political opposition uh, has become so bitter, so nasty, um, and people do it these days without a smile. Now, look, you know, when I attack my opponents, I generally tease them. No. You know, I, I, you know, I mean, for example, you know, what I said about Mr. Van Rompuy, who was president of Europe. You know, who are you? No one's ever heard of you. Um, I said, <laughs> you have the charisma of a damp rag and the appearance of a low-grade bank clerk. That's I mean, so politely, though. <laughs> I, mean, I wasn't calling him a mass murderer or a rapist or anything like that. Um, <laughs> and it's interesting that those that have attacked me in politics tend to have used, you know, real, genuine, horrible abuse. I tease them, I do it with a smile, and I'm nice to them afterwards. And I think that actually is how democratic dialogue should 
be conducted. Yeah, absolutely. We watched that in the part, you know, the English parliamentary system. I was raised in Canada, half Canadian, so I used to see that at play. And I came to the states and saw how different it was. But it is true. I thought maybe it was it was changing a little bit because a lot of your political opposition, you know, the left, they use the go-to racist, right, Mr. Brexit. Oh, yeah. Brexit is about racism. You know, let's let's use this opportunity to, to clarify that um, this sort of strain of nationalism, as people refer to it, national pride. People assume that's racism. Explain for them, is it is it based on melanin in skin or ideals integrating with principles and Western civilization? What is to do with actually nationism? Call it nationism, not okay. nationalism. We believe in nation state. You know, that's why there are about 230 of them across the world. Normality is people want to live in nations. And within those nations, there are different tribes, different colors, different religions. But people belong to a block and they have a flag and an anthem and a government and they respect it. What is absolutely false in the case of the European project particularly is you say, do you know what? We've been a nation for a thousand years, totally independent, not conquered by anybody. Do you know what we're going to do? We're going to give up our rights of self-government, give up our liberty and hand it over to a bunch of elderly crooks in Brussels who know <laughs> I mean, the whole thing is bonkers, isn't it? Which is why I fought so hard against it. Adding the adjectives and the, the adverbs, elderly. Just, elderly. It's, a, it's just a little, it's a little bit of snap, little Larry Holmes, the head pops back. Uh, all right, so let me ask you this. Speaking of which, uh, I'm sure you follow this. Sadiq Khan, here we go, half headphones there. there Making picks on that. I like it. Sadiq Khan, GQ just boast. named him Politician of the Year. You've had some words for him. He doesn't agree on the statements you just made. Uh, is that another example of the disconnect between media? Because we know that in the States, but is that happening in the UK and the people? Yeah, I mean, the big divide, you know, you can say it's the political class, you can say it's the liberal elite in the media. The really big divide, actually, is between the big capital cities and the rest of the country. And it's exactly the same in Ireland, in the UK, in France, and in many parts of America. There is this kind of big city mindset uh, that just seems to have lost any sense of touch with reality or normality. They haven't got their feet on the ground anymore. That's the real division. And, you know, one of the great skills that someone's got to navigate over the next few years is how we bring the city and the country back together again. Yeah, well, a lot of people understand the history of the United States and the Electoral College for that very reason. You know, you hear the left sort of assault yes. it and try to say, oh, it's to put power back in the hands of slave trade. They, they, they don't know what they're talking about. It's because we didn't want just New York mm -hmm. And a couple of, back then, it would have been New York and Boston dictating the entire policy range uh, of the country. So here's something I, I will say, Nigel. You know, I was raised in Canada, okay? So in, in Quebec, specifically, sorry. Uh, you know, the thing is, uh, <laughs> yes, when it comes down to the, nobody likes the French. The French don't like the French. Once you get down to the French, it's just the French. They like the French Canadians and the French Canadians, like, uh, the French from France, they just hate each other. It's different sects of French. But there were no conservatives. There were liberals and there were liberal separatists. And there, there was no Stephen Harper for the, a big portion of my life. So when I moved to the States, it opened my eyes politically to an entirely different philosophy. And I will say this, Americans, um, you were a first. That's where you, know, you were this lightning rod because they didn't think anyone like you existed. We were used to the Sadiq Khans. What was that like? you know, being at the center of it, Mr. Brexit. And I don't just say this to blow smoke because I've insulted plenty of guests, as Nakia J. well knows. Um, I mean, we, might, we could be interviewing someone as iconic or as impactful as Church, Churchill. The night of Brexit, this is happening. The whole world's watching. You gave your speech at 4 a.m. 
Yeah. What were you aware of how big that was? To be absolutely honest with you, um, I've been celebrating so hard for the previous <laughs> few hours. It's amazing I was able to speak at all. Really. <laughs> <laughs> it was just. I can't describe it because I launched on this journey 25 years ago. 25 years ago, I said to everybody around me, there's something fundamentally wrong here. It's got to be fought. I don't see anybody in our current political class who's frankly got the balls to stand up and do this. And I thought, I'm going to have a go. And everybody thought I'd been smoking something funny. You know, I must have gone mad. Um, so for me, after a quarter of a century, I have just an indescribably amazing feeling. And then to see that moment get picked up by so many people who want liberty and freedom and pride in the nation state in America, and for that to help propel the massive upset of Trump winning, I've got to tell you, 2016 as a year, it's going to take some beating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're, you with the celebrating and then Trump with the winning. It's just, it is an absolute, it is a nightmare for the left. Okay, so here's something you just brought up that's interesting to me. You have used Europe um, as, or, or sort of its policy shortcomings as a cautionary tale for the United States. You've warned mm. it a lot. You're sort of seen as this oracle. I will say this, that's pretty rare for statesmen, right, to use their country on an international platform and say, hey, listen, this is where we got it wrong. You guys can avoid this. Usually, you kind of Eddie Haskell it, you put on a good front when you go to the UN, you say, we've done everything right, and then behind closed doors, you say, oh, we gotta fix this here. Um, what inspired you to do that? And, uh, and I know you talked about DACA. What are the similarities there? That's your most recent kind of string of appearances. Well, well I mean, there are two big questions there. Yes, I mean, sorry. Sorry. Let's do the small one first. DACA, you know, what the left do is they try to claim the moral high ground. They mm -hmm. say, look, you know, we're compassionate, we're nice, we're fluffy, we're lovely. And <laughs> everything we say is for the good of mankind. And, it, and if you dare to criticize this, you're some sort of monstrous beast that belongs back uh, from centuries previously. And, and this is what they did uh, with the migrant crisis coming across the Mediterranean. And, and even the fact that these guys in your country were tagged the dreamers. Yeah. Who can be against dreamers? Who? They must all be lovely. Actually, <laughs> it's been used as a way, you know, of allowing illegal immigration on a massive, massive scale. No, but on the bigger question, you know, what made me post-Brexit come to America? Uh, firstly, I've spent most of my working life before politics. Yeah, I had a proper job once. How about that? <laughs> I know, yeah, it's a rarity. <laughs> um, and I spent much of my working life working for... American companies, mostly Chicago-based. So I've been coming to America for 30 years. Um, we almost share a language. Uh, <laughs> you know, the spelling's a bit different. It uh, is. But, but what's interesting, yeah, of course there are cultural differences between the USA and the UK, but actually, actually, we have a tremendous amount in common. And I think if you look back and it's a bit of a serious point for a comedy show, but I think if you look back over the last 100 years and you see what our two countries have achieved together for liberty and democracy, it says to me we're basically on the same side. And I thought that the Brexit message, the message you can beat the establishment, the message something can be done against these powerful multinationals, big banks, big politics, big media, I thought that message was one that should be told in America, because I thought people would see the parallels. And you know what? I'm thrilled 
because a lot of people did. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and they went to the polls, which were rigged. We, it was amazing. It was like a direct <laughs> parallel. I will say I was one of those people who said, uh, you know, I would like to see Donald Trump beat Hillary Clinton at this point. Wasn't the biggest fan of either, I'll be honest. But I said, I just I just don't see it. We were wrong. I mean, we were very surprised with Michigan, Shocked. where we were broadcasting that night, a seven-hour live stream. We, they came in, and the meltdown was absolutely glorious to watch. It is true. You know, we've been incredible allies, the, the, the United States mm -hmm. and, and Great Britain. Ro rocky patch there in the 1700s. Not going to lie. You kind of let your number one draft pick get away. Yeah, let you slip away, but kind of, you know, it happens. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. You built a bench, and we came back. We came back. Um, so, but but yeah, good, good, good point that you bring up that we have so much in common, uh, the United States and, and, and England, the UK, but that's what's most at risk of going away if the left has their way, the commonalities mm. that we have had that have made both countries so great. And, and I wonder if that's an irony that's lost on the left for wanting to find common ground. That common ground goes away if we just go to this sort of multicultural internationalism. Well, I think that Obama, of course, loathed the United Kingdom. Uh, but I think both Obama and Hillary uh, think the nation state is some kind of relic. I mean, Hillary, you know, wanted there to be a sort of a common market, a European Union on a big, broader level. Um, so, so you've really got um, on the sort of modern left, it, you know, the old left used to perhaps believe in high taxation and big trade union powers. But the old left, certainly in my country, were fiercely patriotic. They believed in the country. They just had a slightly different vision to conservatives as to how it should perhaps be run. The new left want to destroy and tear down history, symbols, you know, the nation. And I have to tell you, I mean, when I see that General Robert E. Lee, who was probably the most liberal of all the Confederate commanders, yes. a friend of Abraham Lincoln, a man who introduced a school to help educate the slaves on his plantation. And when I see the left tearing down these symbols, attempting to rewrite history, I know uh, that those of us who would regard ourselves as being conservatives, would regard ourselves as being patriots, we have to fight harder than ever for our values because we're up against something that is really incredibly dangerous, and I mean that. Well, I, I completely agree. And I say this respectfully, so follow me here. I think that you are the right guy at the right time. I think the left has given someone like you a gift. I don't think you would uh, deny that you're kind of a firebrand. And um, at one point, it might have been tougher to pallet. Same thing with President Donald Trump. But when the left outdoes themselves in parody, right? They're saying, well, what's, you know, Donald Trump came out and said, well, what's, what's today? Robert E. Lee, tomorrow we get rid of Washington. Everyone says, that's an absurd statement. The very next day, let's get rid of Washington from this park. People are going, you know what? Where does it stop? I mean, that helped you. That gave you a wave to ride in on. Did you recognize that beforehand? Or was it just, uh, you know, providential? No, I think I believed in what I believed in, uh, but I saw some big mistakes. And I saw Tony Blair, um, who back in 2004 said to eight and then 10 former communist countries, we're going to have a complete open border with you. As uh... many as want to come to come. <laughs> Whoa, slow down a minute. You know, I wish these former com communist countries well, uh, but it led. And I made a big call on that. I put my neck on the line. I was called all the names under the sun for daring to do it. Uh, but I was proved right. And I think in the end, 
you know, you have to make some big calls to beat the establishment and beat these people. And I think probably what the history books will show is that I made some big calls and I got them right. And then people thought, you know what? He may not be quite as mad and bad as we thought he was. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and one thing, too, you know, effectively walking away from obviously this incredibly powerful post surprised a lot of people. There aren't many great leaders who've done that. George Washington is one of them, which is one of the reasons I, I respect him more than anyone. The guy who I want leading me is the guy who doesn't want the job. Um, I know you've explained it kind of on, on cable news, and sometimes you can't necessarily expound upon <clears throat> it so much. Yeah. What, what, why? It's, it's so rare. How did, how did the lure of power not keep you in? I was a trader for many years. I traded commodities, um, copper, aluminum, stuff like that. And uh, do you know what happens? When you get it right, you buy things at the bottom and you sell them at the top. And having spent 25 years pursuing a completely impossible dream, being considered to be one of the maddest, craziest people that had ever walked the face of the earth, considered a joke, um, cartoon for years as being a clown. And then do you know what happened? We stuffed the establishment. We did them in. Yeah. We beat them. It was a great moment to cash in my chips and say thank you very much. Well, just like Rocky Marciano, the only guy really in modern times I can think of to leave on top. Two things, and then I know you're busy and you have to go do your, your, your wonderful show. People can follow you at Nigel underscore Farage. One, why did you not just say aluminium? You said it the American way. That's fascinating. Because I'm, because I'm pandering to your audience. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pandering, you twits. All right. Uh, and then finally, uh, well, hopefully we'll have him back. I don't know after this. Um, Jean-Claude Juncker, obviously one of the most powerful men in the EU, uh, I don't think you two could be more polar opposites on policy. Apparently, you two get along well enough. Again, this goes back ending on civility. How, how yeah. does that work? How do you not just wring his neck? Uh, well, it's tempting sometimes. <laughs> I must admit. Uh, you, know, you know, Juncker and I have a totally different vision. <clears throat> but I understand his view. I think it's a misinterpretation of history. But he holds it powerfully. And he is a witty, amusing human being. And the point about genuine, proper, democratic process is you should be able to be friends and have a glass of wine with people you disagree with. That is what civility is all about. And you know, what I'm now seeing, and I mentioned this earlier to you about the new left and tearing down statues, what I'm now seeing is the new left want to ban people from speaking, want them no platform at universities and colleges, want to close down, in many cases, the very essence of, of open free debate. And, uh, and dear old Juncker, you know, whatever, I mean, you know, and we are polar opposites. And I remember a couple of months ago, I was in the European Parliament, where I still am, by the way, and uh, Juncker turned up and I had a little chat with him. And I said, well, there's nobody here this morning to listen to us. He said, oh, no, 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 no. He said, you're here. You're the most important person. You're the only person here I can have a proper debate with. And that is how democracy should work. So I will go on deploring and condemning everything Juncker does in public, but enjoying his company in private. He said you were the most important person, only he was pandering, you twit! <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> But once he got me. <laughs> there you go. Uh, uh, thank you so much, Nigel Farage. Nigel underscore Farage. Thank you for being with us, sir. Thanks for taking the time. Thank you. Thank you. It's been great. Thank you. Absolutely. And uh, today I didn't even have to use we'll my back. Hey, that was I a moment for me. It was oh. a good day.
I'll be a f***ing uncle. Private Sullivan, fallout shelter now! It's even worse than I'd anticipated, Private. The feminism virus has plagued half the globe. Sir, yes, sir. Thank goodness. I believe we can write it out with 30 day food supply from preparewithcredit.com. Sir, you talking about that incredibly affordable 30 day emergency food supply kit from preparewithcredit.com? $99 ship free? That's the one, sir. Good. I believe we can ride this out. The key to defeating the feminism virus is to let their blood sugar drop to zero. At that point, they'll be too frail to fight and too emotional to think logically. Then we strike. Sir, yes, sir. It's incredibly sexist, sir. What the hell did you just say to me, Private? Great idea, sir. You haven't been, uh, watching any Young Turks lately, have you, Sullivan? Sir, no, sir. Attending any women's marches? Sir, no, sir. Private Sullivan, what's the average horsepower on a 1969 Shelby GT? Feet sir, approximately. Who's your favorite hockey player, Private Sullivan? Kurt, all time. All time, you ungrateful son of a bitch! Sorry, how, sir? Private, what's the capital of Vermont? I'm Billier. And what's the average female salary in comparison to a male's? Meryl Streep says it's 77 cents on the dollar, sir. I know it, you infected son of a bitch! Preparewithcrowder.com or call 888-411-5153. 30-day food supply kit, $99 ship free! They have pudding! I don't know who ever clears their eyes this way. When you were sitting in the cartoons, like... Not gonna lie, I do, and I and I smile every time I do it. I don't mean to, but people yeah. laugh at me because I look so happy. Yeah. Yeah, scratch corneas. I actually do it. All right, next guest. What, we have Nigel Farage first, Nigel and now we have this this gentleman. Jordan Peterson was very sick. We were going to have actually this man on next week, but he was gracious enough to come on this week. Uh, at the center of some controversy, the website is gab.ai. For people who don't know, it is the only. I guess I don't want to say the only, but certainly uh, the most prominent that I can think mm-hmm. of truly free speech-oriented social media platforms. This is the guy who runs it, the founder of The Feast, Andrew Torba. Thank you for being with us, sir. Uh, happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Well, listen, uh, we know that this very interview, at the very least, will still be up at Gab. <laughs> <laughs> Correct, yes. Yeah, so who knows, this. who knows where else it's going to go. Okay, first off, before we get to some things that have happened in the news, tell people what Gab is, uh, why you've created it. That way it, it paves the way for the, the, the controversy because you've been called everything from a, a, a neo-Nazi to a white supremacist all the way back to neo-Nazi. I shouldn't say everything. It's still a pretty narrow spectrum, but it bounces back and forth like Pong. Right, so uh, we found a Gab in 2016 and the idea was to create an ad-free social network that defended individual liberty, uh, the free flow of information, and of course, freedom of speech. Uh, I saw the censorship happening in Silicon Valley uh, rampantly, and I also lived and worked there and was a part of the inner circle of inner circles, and uh, knew that this, uh, this censorship strategy was going to continue, so I wanted to do something about it. So you created, so you were, you were in the inner, inner circles, the Illuminati? <laughs> Not that inner circle, no, but. Oh, okay. I, I noticed I didn't see you on our Tuesday meetings. You, you wanted to do something about it. Have you, have you considered bitching on Twitter? Because I heard that's how. Yes, effective. have you considered a hashtag? <laughs> Right. Yeah. So we uh, that that typically doesn't work, and it was also probably going to get censored. So uh, we, <laughs> <Self-feeding>. <laughs> we started. <laughs> 
So we started this social network, and uh, we actually have one of the most diverse uh, startup teams that at least I've ever seen. So we have myself, my co-founder, Ekrem, who's our lead engineer. He's actually a Muslim uh, Turkish Kurd. And then we have our chief operating officer, Utiv, who is an Indian and a practicing Hindu. So it's very difficult Ooh. to paint us as Keep a your eyes on those two. You might have to separate them. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's interesting that we're getting painted as a, a white supremacist website when we have a very diverse team that's from different backgrounds, different religions that are coming together and saying, listen, we believe in the free flow of information, the free and open web and the ability for everybody to speak freely. And that's been our, our mission has been consistent from day one on that fact. Yeah. And I know you've grown quite a bit. Um, so people obviously first off, do you consider yourself alt right? Where do you line up politically? Because that's how you've been presented in the media is a defense. Facto Trump shill, alt-right, Pepe frog guy, correct right. the record. Yeah, so we could correct the record on that. I, I'm not alt-right. I'm not any, you know, I guess, traditional label. I consider myself to be a classical liberal. Uh, I guess I'm uh, very libertarian in a lot of uh, certain ways. I believe in the free market up until the fact that I realized that the free market is no longer free and it's rigged, especially when it comes to mobile device hardware and software distribution on app stores, for mm -hmm. example. Yeah. There, is a, there is a very clear duopoly between uh, Facebook or um, Apple and Google, rather, mm -hmm. and if uh, if they don't want you in their game, uh, then you're not allowed in their game and there's nothing you can really do about it. So, you know, I think the left always loves to say, well, if you don't like the hate speech rules, if you don't like the censorship on Facebook, on Twitter, et cetera, go build your own. And that's exactly what we did. And now they're saying you're not allowed to do that. You're not allowed to be on the app store. Right. Um, well, let's so let's get for people who don't know, you were kicked out of the Android app store and Apple, right? Correct. Well, so Apple never approved us in the first place. And right. what they did is they said that we had objectionable content on our site. And then what are you bitching is... about? You were never approved. Why did we book him, not gay Jared? <laughs> oh, this guy's a whiner. No, wait, 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 wait. So the, the thing with that is, is that, um, you know, there's plenty of objectionable content on Twitter, on Reddit, on Facebook, on Tumblr, etc. Lots and of gay pornography, yes. Yeah, so they use these very subjective, ambiguous terms of service to selectively enforce their guidelines. And that's a big problem because everybody in Silicon Valley, uh, San Francisco is one of the most liberally biased cities in the world. So obviously you're gonna have a workforce at these companies uh, that has that liberal bias when they're enforcing these guidelines. So, um, Right, so you're, think, you're not approved in Apple and then you right. were kicked out of the Android store. So um, right. I wanna, so let's, let's go to that. What reason did they give to you, by the way, for people just tuning in, gab.ai, for kicking you out? So they said that we were breaking their hate speech policies. Ah. And uh, the reality is, is that there's hate speech anywhere on the web. Anywhere you go that there are two or more people, chances are you're going to come across hate speech. So again, they're selectively enforcing and deciding who can actually participate in the free market and who can't. Now, obviously, they're going to argue, well, you can still access Gab from a mobile you know, browser. But it's not the same as an app, you know, tell that to consumers who email us a hundred times a day asking where our app is, right? right. That that's that's a real problem for distribution. It's it's harmed our business and it's anti-competitive, uh, antitrust behavior. So so that's that's key because I don't I, I hate to keep but it's key because I can see people making comments and most people are making the wrong comments. They don't understand what the First Amendment is. They don't understand what's protected. Right. And what you were talking about here is something that is anti-competitive. It is potentially a violation. We're not lawyers. We're not saying it is. We're not declaring it is. But we're talking about antitrust laws. That's your issue. Right. 
Correct. And uh, we've actually launched a legal fund and we are uh, currently exploring all options uh, from every angle of this, whether it's the First Amendment angle, the antitrust angle, the anti-competitive angle. There's a lot of different uh, issues that are happening here. And we're not the only ones that are suing Google for uh, antitrust behavior. Um, They were just fined in the EU. I think it was two point five billion dollars for antitrust behavior. That one stung. That one stung him. Okay, so speaking of which, so we have we have the Google Store we're talking about now. What mm-hmm. happened with the the hosting right now? You, so the right, yeah, yeah explain yeah, that. Yeah, this this is unprecedented, and this is this really worries me about the future of the free and open web. So we had our domain registrar contact us uh, earlier this week, and they said that we needed to remove an individual post from an individual user that happened to be uh, a meme that was breaking our guidelines. So our guidelines are pretty clear, right? We allow free speech within lawful limitations, and we have some simple guidelines around tagging stuff that probably shouldn't be viewed at work as not safe for work. So things like porn and obscene content. And I reviewed the post and the post was indeed breaking our our guidelines. It wasn't something I was going to ban the person for. It wasn't something I was going to make a big deal out of, but it did need to be tagged as not safe for work. So it was technically in violation of our guidelines. But it wasn't something that I would expect a registrar who threaten us to literally remove and seize our domain if we don't censor this post from this individual user within 48 hours. Um, That type of demand is really unprecedented. I've never heard of anything like this. Now, obviously, if it was something illegal, if it was breaking the law, that that would be understandable. If it was a copyright claim, all of these things are, are very common sense and understandable. But this was well, a, I don't want to say common sense, because I, I think I think <laughs> especially if you look at your 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 rules, they actually follow the law. So copyright, you guys follow actual like right. recruiting for ISIS or something wouldn't be allowed Correct. calls yep. to violence. And of course, if Correct. something can be proven as libel and slander, um, that right. is not allowed either, which, by the way, ironically, is allowed on Twitter. You can find <laughs> fake memes of me with swastikas tattooed to my neck saying right. gas the Jews I said hey this is uh this is actually a lie You're like ah, right. it's not a violation so I want to be clear right. y- you know people will say common sense but you guys are very clear in, in, in outlining it and I think when a lot of I know you're not but some alt-right media covers it they don't they need to zone in on that man because that is right. so important you guys do have parameters right. and it's not a moving target and and, and that's what's different well, and that's the thing, too, is we actually cite individual Supreme Court precedent in yep. our guidelines as well. Like we are using the, the First Amendment and rulings on the First Amendment um, to shape and form our guidelines. And obviously, we don't want to allow any illegal activity like we want free and open discourse, because when you allow free and open discourse in the exchange of ideas, it helps to actually prevent that illegal activity from happening. Because when people can't express themselves, when people are being shut up across the Internet, when people are being no platformed off the Internet now and unpersoned off the internet now, um, they're more likely to get down that road of violence and other illegal activity and go to the dark web where there is more illegal activity. So by allowing you know, free speech and free expression and the, the ability to exchange all ideas and ideologies, um, no matter how much they trigger certain people, um, you know, that is something that is the, the, the better route, in my opinion, than violence or uh, illegal activity. It's funny that you use the word trigger because ironically, the word trigger has become a trigger. They hear the word yes. trigger, like, don't re-. now here's the, the problem too, is having a, a good friend, you know, who works in psychology, psychiatry, trigger is an actual medical term. You know, someone with PTSD, right. that can trigger it. And I'm like, well, listen, let's not right. lump that in. Some guy coming back who's having flashbacks to Nam where his friend got right. his nards blown off. Like, trigger is a legitimate term. It might trigger a flashback. You're just a pussy who goes to a state college. Um, so we, uh, 
have, we were talking about this uh, right during the break. YouTube has restricted mode. Now, we have been uh, working with YouTube, I will say. They've been very gracious. They've helped with some issues. But the issue that we keep running into is restricted mode. Mm -hmm. Nakia Jared knows this. We have 640-something videos. And they uh, reached out and said, well, okay, well, which videos do you think are unfairly restricted? I said, well, wow. only like 19 are not restricted. Um, so every conservative <laughs> wow. video, I said, but here are some examples. Jordan Peterson literally sitting down mm -hmm. and just conducting a personality test. Me wow. doing a long-form interview with Dennis Pre Dennis. Prager asking about human nature. Are humans uh, by nature good or are they sinful? This is a, an observant Jew. Um, what else do we philosophy. have in there? Yeah, yeah, philosophy. I mean, these are, right. these are issues where these people wouldn't be on the show if it was even profane, you know, at that right. point. And they, right. they just responded, thank you, this is helpful. <laughs> Nothing right. else. So that, that's the issue. It's a moving target. And uh, businesses have the right to do what they want, obviously, but they don't have the right to lie about it. And, and that's the issue that I see coming up a lot. And, um, you know, I see you guys gaining some steam. So we have to get going pretty soon. But what's next for, for Gab.ai, again, for people who are looking, Gab.ai? Right. So right now, uh, the Internet is completely centralized and controlled by no more than a handful of people. There are gatekeepers at the hosting level, the DDoS protection level, payment processing, as we've learned this week, domain registrars. Uh, so we, if we have to, we are going to rebuild all of that. We will rebuild the Internet from the ground up to be pro-free speech and then decentralize the control over it with things like blockchain technology, for example. We're going to be launching our own ICO and minting our own uh, utility tokens. Uh, so that our users can actually exchange value back and forth with one another on the site. So that is really the next level for us is getting decentralized and uh, getting uh, built on top of the blockchain technology so that we don't have to worry. We could censorship proof the Internet and defend uh, and protect free speech and the open web. Absolutely, and just so just so funny, just like uh, Nigel was just talking about, who could who could be against dreamers? Good. All these big giant corporations, the people who protect their monopolies, right. they were all supporters of. Neutrality. <laughs> Who could be right. against neutrality? Let's well, make sure we right. get our foot in the door. Well, here's the thing about net neutrality: is what what is the purpose of net neutrality? Like that's that's a problem in and of itself. Right. But I don't know how they're virtue signaling about this. Meanwhile, the internet is in the control of those five different services that I just mentioned. So yeah. those. Those gatekeepers decide, guess what? You're not allowed to have your domain or you're not allowed to host or you're not allowed to payment process. Right. How do you operate? You can't. It's impossible. Right, and so, they're bitching about ISPs. It's kind of like when John Oliver right. went after Sinclair. He's like, Sinclair is one of the biggest broadcasting groups. They could have a monopoly. It's like, your, your parent company, Time Warner, is merging with AT&T, right. you <laughs> arrogant English ass. All right, right. Andrew Torba, Gab.ai. Please do keep us posted, man, and we appreciate what you're doing okay. out there, and you have permission to grab, uh, grab this video, and it might be the only place it's viewed. <laughs> Thanks, man. We'll see you soon. We'll be back. We'll be Come, Sullivan. Sir, yes, sir. Thank God we prepared with preparewithcrowder.com. Sir, yes, sir. We have a full 30-day food supply, sir. $99 shipped free. I know that. I'm a general. Don't you think I know that? Of course, sir. You invented preparewithcrowder.com, sir. That's right, Sullivan. I invented preparewithcrowder.com. Let's go through the checklist. Four 30-day food supply emergency kits from preparewithcrowder.com. Sir, check. One, two, three, four, check. 
One generator. Check, sir. Lady magazines? Sir, yes, sir. Toilet paper, Sullivan. Toilet paper? Sir, I used the last of the supply last week. Got to restock, sir. You what? Just your general, sir. You know I have IBS. Prepare with Crowder.com or call 888-411-5153. 30-day food supply kit, $99 shipped free. They have pudding. Viewer discretion is advised. Bad girls, what you want, what you want, what you want to do when they, when they don't come for you. Bad girls, what you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? Bad girls, bad girls, what you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? Feminist Cops is filmed on location with the brave, strong women of law enforcement. All suspects are innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. So, nine times out of ten, if someone's acting suspicious, they're probably... Sir? I need to ask you to pick up that bottle. Well, that bottle over there? Why don't, you, why don't you pick yourself up? Come over here, girl. Uh, uh, no, just pick up the bottle. Uh, no, just, why don't you come over here? Come over here, girl. Get your fine ass over here. Um, no, just, can you pick up the bottle, please? Uh, no, um, uh, just, Come over here, girl. You talk over here. Come on. Uh, no, just, just the bottle. Pick it up. Uh, we'll talk about the bottle when you come over here. We can play cops and robbers if you know what I mean. Come on, girl. Uh, I'm a lesbian. Bad girls, bad girls. What you gonna do? What you gonna do when they go for you? Just do it because not gay Jared can't. Thank you so sure. much, Andrew Nigel Farage. I think we'll have him back on the show. Yes, I hope his so. uh, his uh, his press uh, press secretary. I don't press know what you call him. Press whoever it is said uh, enjoyed the show. Enjoyed it very much. He seemed like he had a good time. People seem surprised. <laughs> <laughs> Are you? Sh is, this, is this just going to be you doing an impression of Nigel? No. Listen, listen, listen. We get the guests. We get the guests. Just check Politifact. <laughs> check it. Says a Politifact. It's, it's politics. In fact, says fact. Gosh, Joy Behar, I've talked about this before. There are people with whom you disagree, it's and I understand it. She's so mind-numbingly <sighs> stupid. Like, I've seen people sit across the table from her, and they're not even having the same conversation. She's insufferable. She'll be like, well, hold on a second. Actually, that, that, that claim is... I could, I could sit there, and everything we talked about today, I could sit there and say, well, you know, actually, that claim was kind of incorrect because uh, they took the same three claims of Donald Trump, fact-checked them 19 times versus three claims from Hillary Clinton. They only fact-checked them twice. And, but believe fact! It's this <laughs> fact! It's in the name! Yeah, I know, but I'm trying to... <laughs> I tell you what, late night was so bad this week. I watched it, and it was one of those things where you know it was something so bad you have to wonder was it ever good? Oh, that, that's kind of like moment. I had that with uh, with uh, 
Mike Myers and the Love Guru. And it was so bad, yeah. I didn't even want to go back and watch Austin Powers. Because yeah. I was going, oh no. It's like, oh. It's like Ninja Turtles 2. Like you just wish you would have left die. it there. Yeah. Something that, you know, in just going through this show that I wanted to talk about, um, I think the greatest lie that we've ever been told, I, I guess, as a society, period, but particularly as it comes from the left, the entertainment industry, because we've been talking about that quite a bit, the entertainment industry, sort of mm -hmm. the media complex. This lie is just, just to be yourself. The left has been, they've been telling us that since we were little kids. Yeah. Right? They've been telling Sesame Street, just be yourself. Except they actually, they don't want you to be yourself. They assume you to be just like them, and when you're not, they demand that you be just like them. So Seth Meyers, let me explain. The, the presumption, he goes, yes, we're going through a very dark time in America. Um, no. Maybe I don't agree with you. Maybe a lot of us thought it was a pretty dark time in the United States when Barack Obama was president. Signing executive actions in an unprecedented way. When we were looking at unbelievable uh, spending that we had never seen in this country before. Rainbow White Houses. Looked at a guy who had smoked crack with a domestic terrorist. We thought that was a dark spell. <laughs> so they assume, <laughs> assume that you agree with them. And then if you don't agree with them, they Google demand that. that you be like them. So it's just like Google and Apple. Pulling Gab. Why for not? Here's what's so crazy about that story. It, we've gotten to the point from the left where, you know, be, be yourself. We're not only so far from that, but they're pulling a platform from the Google and App Store for not censoring other people. <laughs> it's no longer for something you've done. It's you haven't effectively enforced our opinions enough on somebody else on your site. Therefore, we're going to punish you. Even their fact checking. They'll find a way to falsely label a conservative three times the amount that of a liberal for the same number of claims. Be yourself. Okay, well, you know what? I think that if we look, we're, well, that's false 19 times. <laughs> she said she was, she said she was in New York at 9-11. We're just, you're 19 times more wrong. 19 times more wrong is more than, than not 19 times. But that's because you didn't fact, she said she was there at 9-11. Yeah. Tomato, tomato corruption. <laughs> School right now across the country, and I get because we get a lot of emails from college kids. Diversity charlatans. You see, they see them with the protests. They're telling everyone, just be, just be yourself. Be yourself. You just listen. You will find that if you are just true to yourself, true to what you believe, that great things are then hashtag stop Betsy. And if you bring up, well, how about due process? They expel you or call you a sexist or racist. Just black people, they just, they need to have, they haven't had their voice heard. They haven't, we need to, there's because of systemic, they haven't had their voice heard enough. A black conservative speaks up, they're an Uncle Tom. It's not, and I, I want to clarify here, it's not about hypocrisy. Because we hear that a lot from the right where they just go, it's hypocritical. And then, and, and, you know, this is kind of the, conserv the, cons <laughs> the conservative If it weren't for double attitude. standards, they wouldn't have any standards. Yes. Yeah. If it weren't for double standards, I'd be out of a job. <laughs> so it's, I, it's, this is not about hypocrisy. Everyone's a hypocrite. As a matter of fact, I think it's far easier to point out conservatives as moral hypocrites. It's like pointing to someone who missed their high jump when you're eating popcorn in the stands. I get it. Having any standards is going to open you up to a level of hypocrisy that just can't be understood by someone with no standards, okay? So it's not just about hypocrisy. It's about a systematic lie that the left has perpetrated on the American public since we were toddlers watching Sesame Street. And they had no, the most important thing is they had no intention of fulfilling. This is not a lie where they've kind of, they've gotten off the beam where they've lost themselves. You lost yourself. No, that's not what's happened. The left never wanted you to be yourself. 
Why are you going left and right? Because I'm, I'm trying to make a point here, dummy. I don't like labels. <laughs> Shut up. Okay, they've always wanted you to be a part of their blob-like mass of people. And if you're not, they'll destroy you. And the only way the left can destroy you to be your self crowd is with their numbers. The left is the political ideology of cowards who travel with their chain gangs because it makes them feel tough. And ironically, on the flip side, look at Gab, look at Nigel Farage, look at people like who, take, take your pick. Take not gay Jared. He's a guy who breaks some molds. You can take Nigel, you can take Donald Trump, whether you agree with him or not. Those on the right, the greatest strength that conservatives have is that of people being themselves. It's the only way our ideology works. It's, it's why we have actually, we have an unbelievably intellectually diverse audience. Mm -hmm. Just look at the comment section. You know what? I'd love to see in the comment mm -hmm. section below, whether you're on CRTV, Mug Club member, or YouTube. What do you consider yourself? Libertarian, conservative, populist, alt-right, independent? Let us know. We've been at events where most people that came up to us wanting signed t-shirts or wanting a picture were people that left would consider a marginalized group. Yes. Like, yeah. Very consistently. Very con As a matter of fact, I will say because they tend to be the, more, the most ardent fans. Yeah. Because they're probably the most marginalized group, ironically, by the left. Mm -hmm. Because they have no friends on the left because they haven't fallen into the be yourself, but just be yourself within, just get, be your, but don't, don't be beyond, yourself needs to be, be in our box. <laughs> Sally, just be yourself. Sally would be happier with a penis. Yes, <laughs> yes. So we, it's why, it's why it is our greatest strength on the right. It's why we have an unbelievably intellectually diverse group of fans who, um, they all, all of us, listen, they, they hone and sharpen each other. You hone and sharpen us. I want you to be yourself. I want you to question me. I certainly want you to question anything not gay. Jared says, I want you to choose your own path, unlike the left. Because unlike the left that operates as a gang, I know that when you are your true self, when you, when you actually go out and be yourself, when you pave your own path, that's how greatness occurs. And that's the fundamental difference in the worldview, because unlike the left who, when, and if you become successful, they're right there to yank you right back down. Be yourself with the rest of us! I want you to be as unique, as honest, and successful as possible. I want you to be yourself so that you can be great, because you know what? Ironically, I understand that when one individual is great, we all benefit. Hey, doesn't take a village, takes a few great people. Let's undergird them. Go forward this week, be yourself, and be great. See you next week. It only takes